In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. She's so amazing in so many different ways. Jax, how are you? Oh my God, Pamela, I'm so excited to be here. We're finally making it happen. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. I'll never forget your message when you sent it to me on LinkedIn after you watched my trailer. And I was just, oh my God, my heart just like, Oh, it was just the most beautiful message. I'll just never forget that. And I just hope you know this as well, like how much that meant to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for believing in the underdog and and just for sharing your story today. I'm just so thrilled and honored to have you. And now I'm going to start you off with the most loaded question humanly possible. (laughs) (laughs) So Jax, what inspired you on your journey to where you are today, my friend? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I actually prepared for this question because I'm a big fan of the show and I knew that this was going to come up. And I think it is a critical part to understand where somebody's journey, where they've come from to get them to where they are. And, you know, like a lot of people's journey, mine definitely had a lot of struggles and I don't think it's really unconventional there, but what I'm going to do is talk about the struggles and then how I took those lessons to get me to where I am in my life. Really, my childhood was a pretty dark place. It was, I was homeschooled. When I did finally go to schools about fifth grade, I was bullied. I had a speech impediment. And my just overall life, like like the family life was really toxic. So you can imagine when you finally go into a school setting, I started taking my family life into my school setting, which turned into me being just an absolute terror. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was instead of being bullied, I became the bully. I started fights. I didn't get along with most of the teachers. And this progressed. I I mean, I was in detention all the time. And this was not at home intention. They always put me in a closet somewhere because they didn't want to award me for my actions. It was a really dark place. It was also a time that about 17 years old, I decided, you know what? I'm not going to live in this house anymore. I'm going to move out. And my parents looked at me and they said, good luck. We'll take you to wherever you want to go. And they did. And they dropped me off. And I actually had a guardian at 17 years old. And I lived, and this was about my high school year. And so from about 17 to 17 and a half, I walked to school. I went to high school and I worked at night. I worked a telemarketing job and I paid for what I could for graduation. And then about 17 and a half at this time, too. I thought, oh, I'm free. I don't have to live in that that lifestyle anymore. This is great. I was starting to have friends in a way. I was just sleeping on the friend, one of my friends' floor at her house. That was it. And I and it was a wonderful life. Like that was one of the best times of my childhood. And then about 17 and a half, I got curfew violation, which is a thing. And I was, I had to go to court for it. And they had mailed a letter to my parents. And I didn't realize that. And my parents showed up. And the moral of that story is try 
try to intercept the mail before your parents get it. Because even though my guardian was there, my parents had the ultimate say, which was bring Mm -hmm. me back into the house. So at 17 and a half, I got court ordered back into the house. And this was really a pivotal time because I was I didn't want it to happen. The courts didn't know what they were getting ready to put me back into. And so I kind of took the mentality of, you know, I'll try to join them instead of like fight them. So this is part of my life where I started trying to do all the things for everybody else. I started to, I got my cosmetology degree. I started working for UPS and I became a part-time supervisor at 19, the only female in the facility. And I wasn't happy, shockingly. I wasn't happy and I decided I'm going to quit it all. I'm 19 years old now. I feel like I've lived a lifetime and I decided to start my own perfume business, selling perfume out of the trunk of my car in America, literally I would buy perfume for $10 and I would sell it for 20 and I would buy it. I would put it in the trunk of my car. I had teams that worked with me. And for the next year of my life, we hustled the streets and I made about 15 to $2,000 a week. And I had two different storefronts and I did that for about a year. My parents were furious with me. They hated that I was doing that. And I realized I was about 20 and I I realized, okay, this is not where I want to go with my life. So I decided to enlist into the army. And so the army was a good decision for me in many ways, but it also really suppressed me in many ways. As a younger kid, you know, I had, I had a voice. It wasn't the best voice, but I did have a voice and I had a lot of creativity. But when I joined the military, they completely, I almost got kicked out in four years in because of my mannerisms of just being really abrupt, speaking up when I shouldn't, things like that, that you don't do in the military. And so I went through this major suppression of my voice in my mid twenties. During that time, I also got married right around my mid twenties and I married a narcissistic, a very abusive man. And he was a narcissist. So I'm still trying to like you can imagine, I'm still trying to find myself. I'm still like, okay, I'm in the military. Now they're telling me to be quiet, sit down, draw. Now I'm, I'm dating this, married to this man now. At that time, I thought I had my life figured out. I was, I was gonna go to the FBI. I was in college. I was in police academy. I was in the military, I was doing all these things. And fast forward a year into marriage, And I'm doing none of those things. And I'm very depressed. I'm being verbally beaten down. And that was another turning point in my life that I said, I'm not going to live this way. This isn't what I want. And I literally quit my job, cut my hair, divorced him, sold my house, put as much as I could into a U-Haul. And I drove three states and I went to Colorado and I started over at on November 1st, 2008 in Colorado. And I didn't know anybody. I had a personal training certification that I had gotten and I started completely over from scratch. And it was during that time that I was really starting to kind of find myself, but I hadn't healed from my childhood trauma. Mm. And I was trying to heal, but the process of that is very hard. And during that time I got called up and was, I tried out for a program for the special forces that was called the cultural support team program. So I'm, you know, in my late twenties now still haven't healed from any of my childhood trauma or anything like that. And now I'm like, yay, let's go be part of the special ops. This will be awesome. Like I can put all my energy into my physical being. I'm a warrior and I was a warrior. So for the next three years, I crushed it. I was deployed multiple times with the special ops. I worked on multiple different teams. I did over 20 direct action operations, meaning I would embed with these teams into villages and we would do night raids. 
And I would assist them with getting information off of the women and children to assist them with operations and assist with filling the information gaps for the intelligence picture that we would gather. And it was an amazing time. I didn't realize the trauma that I was compounding on top of myself through this deployment and the things that I was seeing because my childhood was traumatic. So war to me was just the same kind of trauma, just different. It wasn't affecting me like it would affect some people in real time. It was exciting. It was fun. It wasn't until I hit like my early thirties that I started, some of this stuff started compounding and alcoholism started taking a role in my life. And I was also bulimic. I was about seven years into bulimia at this time. I was very insecure with who I was, both just external and internal. And I decided one day when I was almost 30, 31, and I said, you know what, I'm packing a bag and I'm going to Asia and I don't know where I'm going. And I went to Thailand and I spent a month in Thailand and then I spent two months in Bali. And I was mostly by myself and I hung out with, uh, you know, the just other, not even natives, Czechs. I stayed in a surf Czech house most of the time. And I just served and I dove and I rode my motorcycle everywhere and I ate whatever I wanted. I was called American Belly. I was almost 190 pounds at this time. And I said, you know what? I am going to love myself. I don't care. And this was started to go through my healing process, but I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. I came back to the States about 2013 from this journey and I wanted to start another business. I was ready to stop being full-time in the military and go into the National Guard. And I, I did just that. I actually moved to Vegas and I assisted some gentlemen that were also special operations operators that had retired. And I assist them with launching their first company in Vegas in 2015. So I uprooted again. At this time, I had lived everywhere on the East Coast, overseas, back in Colorado. And I said, all right, I'll go to Vegas. And I went there and I stayed with this company for about a year until I met my business partner right around 2016. But just so everybody listening can like fully understand, I still had a lot of trauma. I hadn't even even started looking at the military trauma, the PTSD, post-traumatic stress that I had had. Now I'm working around a whole bunch of prior special ops that also had their own fair share of PTSD, which was you're in this environment that is kind of fostering that. And I started working with my business partner and my insecurities started coming out because I was seeing that I lacked a lot of confidence with believing my voice again. Now back to the initial part of the story, it had been suppressed so long and I hadn't realized it until I had to actually start pitching proposals and explaining to people why they should buy my company's services. Well, if you don't believe in yourself, how are you gonna believe in your company or anything that you sell? But I still wasn't wise enough at this time to understand that. It wasn't until I, it was around 2017 that I was afforded an opportunity to go on this all expense paid trip to the Grand Canyon for veterans. It was a week long trip. And during this trip, I was still drinking a lot. I was still in a very bad depressed state, trying to basically numb it, I guess, at that time with alcoholism. And I'm on this trip and I meet a woman that does Reiki. And before this, I had heard about energy work and mindset work, but I hadn't, I always thought it was super wonky and like, oh, that's not for me. It's those are just weird people. And it was during this trip, we had seven days together. And about the third or fourth day, I was finally like, all right, let me give this a test. She's a little weird. I'll, I'll try it out. And it, that was my turning point. She did some, some body scans, some things we talked 
really opened me up to a lot of things. It also taught me how I was really leaning in, how I had so much anger inside of me. I was so angry. There would be years before you would even see me like draw a tear. I didn't cry. I was, I prided myself on not having emotions. And so that time, that was when I'm like, I, I've got to start working on me. I've got to start working on my mindset and I've got to start shedding off some of this anger. About 2018, my business partner and I, the very first part, January, February of 2018, we decided to part ways amicably because it wasn't working out. And I decided I would run the business because I knew best. I knew best what was for the business. Everything would be fine. I'll show you. And I was still drinking heavily. I was still not fully healed. It's a process. And this was the point in my life where everything, I lost everything. I got out of the lease that I was in. I sold everything that wasn't buckled down to the floor. I literally kept my bed. I sold all my furniture. I got rid of it. I dumped it. It was primarily for two reasons. I needed the money, but I also needed to pay for the smallest storage unit possible. And so I got rid of everything I could. And the only thing I couldn't get rid of was my truck because I was upside down on it. My credit score went down to about a 510. I had no place to live. The friends that I thought I had during this time were kicking me while I was down. The, the, and I say friends with quotes, the friends, because I was still drawing in narcissistic and, and damaged people because I was damaged. I didn't realize that at this time, but I, I started realizing like, I have really good people in my life, but it took me losing everything to gain everything because I literally had no way to go, but up. And that's when I started having to like, I had to start looking internal. I had to start working on myself. I started with a book called Calling in the One, and it was a relationship healing book. That was a 12-step process book that really started digging into my childhood and my trauma there. And then my, my relationship traumas that I had. It was a tough book. It took me probably 24 weeks to go through a 12-week program. It was hard. A lot of tears, a lot of healing. Fast forward into 2019, right before 2019, I had a dear friend, a sergeant major, reach out to me. And he called me, it was late 2018. He said, hey, I want you to go on a deployment with us with 10 Special Forces Group to Europe. I want you to come over to the unit out of the blue. And I said, sure, like don't have much going on. Acted like I did, but I'm kind of homeless sleeping on the floor at my friend's house. Sure. So I accepted the call. I went, interviewed, was accepted to deploy. And that was when I was finally able, I deployed in 2019 for nearly a year into Europe, working with 10th group. And a couple of things happened during that time. I was able to finally breathe again for the first time in years, had a steady paycheck coming in. I was able to take a moment and just stop and like, okay, where did, where does Jax want to go? Where, where have I been? Where do I want to go? And that was when I really had to take stock in, and you talk about this a lot of times on your show. Who are the five people in my life right now? Who are my influences? And do are they going to be the individuals that are going to get me to where I want to be? That was a hard truth. And then the other thing I had to do was find mentors, people that are there that could help me get there. What did that look like? And books. And I, I studied, I educated, I completely changed what I knew what I had been taught or not taught. And I started doing all of the things that I'd never done before. And one of my quotes that I always say is, if you wanna be and do something, 
that you've never done before, you need to do things that you've never done before. And that's where a lot of people fall short is they try to keep doing the same things. Well, I wasn't doing anything but creating trauma and pain. And so I started reading. I started connecting with mentors. I got rid of all of my toxic friends. And then I started networking and I said, you know what universe? And I put it out into the universe. I said, I'm going to move to DC. By the end of this year in 2019, I'm moving to DC. I'm growing my network. I'm rebranding myself. I'm, I'm changing this entire image. And by the end of 2019, I had met the correct contact that had given me a referral to a company that hired me out in DC. I had barely a two week window by the time I got back to pack my stuff, to move to that job. And as soon as I got out here at the end of 2019, I decided this is my chance. This is it. I can change everything for the better, all with the mindset and energy work. And I had the money at the time to start hiring life coaches and spiritual coaches into my life. I've had three since then, I'm working with one now. And the game changer for me was finally believing in yourself, but it's so much easier to say that than do it. But it was really believing in myself, stepping out of my comfort zone and realizing that the life that I have isn't the life that I have to have. It's just the life that I was born into and I didn't know any better. And I was able to gain that power back and I've shifted everything. And we were just talking right before this call. I mean, in a year, year and a half, I have completely changed my brand. But through that because that doesn't just happen. You can't just change your brand. I have changed my entire energy. My friends, the people that are around me, I like, oh my gosh, I just, I feel love. It's not anger. I feel love. There, There's peace now. And I know that my journey in some ways has just begun, but I actually look forward to see where is my future going to go now? And I tell people, according to where, how I was born, I shouldn't be where I'm at today. And it wasn't easy to get here, but anybody can do it. They just have to put the work into it and they have to, they have to work through their mindset. Oh my God, Jax, I'm freaking mind blown. Like, I don't know what to say, like your journey is just like, wow. Thank you so much for sharing like that raw, like authentic, like, Hey, here's where I've truly been. Right. And like, I see so many parallels in our lives. And like, it's crazy. Like when you were talking about like showing emotion, I was that person too. I was like, if I ever showed an ounce of weakness, it was like, no, like you just plugging forward. You're not crying. Keep going, find a solution, keep grinding. Right. And keep moving. And like, it took me a long time. This podcast is really what, what brought me into this and challenged my own self and like saying, you know, like, Hey, vulnerability is actually a strength. Yeah. It's so emotion it's a strength. It means that you've healed from all that trauma, all the trauma that you were talking about. Like I was once with a very narcissistic, verbally abusive human being as well. I know what that does to you, but you don't realize it at the enduring. Like I literally remember just like looking back on photos and I'm like, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you think about like, holy crap. Like imagine if I made that choice to stay with that person and where I would be now miserable like, terrifying right so like yeah. same same for you like and it's like you find yourself in this in this moment in your life that you're like how the hell did I get here yeah oh absolutely <laughs> I felt that several times in my life like how how in the heck did I get here yeah it's crazy because it and it happens it happens to good people but yes. it's because you don't have the right tools in the toolkit or the mindset it's the filter that we see on life our perception is our reality but that filter is created from our childhood unless we learn how to develop and change that filter. 
Right. And you get this like sense of awareness. Right. So like, I've done a lot of energy work too. So like what you're saying, like, I'm like totally resonating. I feel like we've gone on very similar life paths. The energy work has really been something that has transformed me as well. Everything is energy in this life. Mm -hmm. Everything is that you can manifest, you can (laughs) destroy, you can do whatever. Right. But like what happens is because us as souls, as humans, they say we live, we've lived many lifetimes and that there's traumas within us that have affected us from the past that we don't even know about and then plus then we have our own lives on top of that yeah so you blend that all in and you're carrying all these traumas and you're not aware you're going to keep going through these cycles of life and these patterns that like are going to be unexplained until you get to the point where you kind of pull yourself out and you're like what am i doing and it's incredible that you got to that point several times but what i adore about you is like every single time that you were kind of going through it you just kept going. Like, I want to know, like, what was in the mind of Jax, like, throughout your whole life? And also, to the bullying. That was another thing. I was bullied, too, in middle school. So in, like, fifth and sixth grade, I was bullied because I was actually a quiet kid. And I didn't know why these girls would pick on me. And I was, like, traumatized by it. But then, what, the same thing that happened to you happened to me. In seventh grade, I became the bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know what, you know, and then I became this, like, uh, like, if you say anything about me, like, you know, like, hard-headed, confrontational, like crazy kid right like that's what I was in middle school it's crazy every single step that we've been through like it's like very parallel which I find insane so like in the mind of Jax what has always propelled you forward it seems like you always found like a problem like you have this like problem solving mentality which is so beautiful and you just like kept going like the perfumes in your car like you just you're like, all right oh i'm gonna get sent back to my house all right cool i'm gonna make like eight grand a month at i don't know 19 no big deal like what <laughs> no that's not a normal 19 year old thing so like walk me through like your mentality or what has really influenced you um, in your early years and then sort of how that's progressed such a great question. And it's a tough answer because I don't believe that it's black and white because it, it's something that has just been inside of me since I was a young kid that even when I was a young kid, I used to tell people I'm going to cure cancer. I'm going to create peace in the world. And so I've always in that aspect, I've always thought like really large for myself. And as a kid, it was tough, but even now, and even through some of the hard military schools, I always say there's an end. And no matter how tough it gets, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And you just keep pushing. But I, my, what drives me, what really drives me is just something internally inside of me in my gut, like it's inside of me. And I think you can understand this, like, I know I'm going to change the world. And I know that I'm changing the world now and the people that are around me and I'm impacting them. But I mean, like, really changing the world. And I've always felt that inside of me, whatever level and scale that is on, that's what I believe that my mission here is to do is to change the world. And I just keep pushing harder. And I, I always believe that the struggles that I have gone through has just created more resilience inside of me and empathy for so many people like yourself that have experienced these traumas because I can almost relate with almost every person in some way. I'm like, yep, I've been there. I understand that. And that's what keeps me driving forward is like, okay, this is a lesson. This is for my future good, future me. And that's what pushes me now. Yeah. Yeah. A total badass, Jax. I seriously, I mean, it just takes so much heart and so much courage to push like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a normal 
thing to just be able to handle that. Like at a young age, moving out, doing your thing, coming back, starting your own perfume business, and then going into special ops and just like your whole trajectory. I mean, it's just like, it's outstanding. And just like your discipline throughout it all, I think like amazes me so much because you just kept going no matter how many times you fell, you got back up. I'm like, I want to know all about Jax. Like, how did she just like keep moving forward so when you were mentioning like yes like everything has an end that that for sure but was there a particular person that inspired you in your early years or like what else was sort of happening during that time that's a another interesting question because for the longest time until I probably got into my 20s 30s I didn't really have like mentors in my life I had people that would occasionally believe in me but Pamela, I had most people that thought I was just a, a troubled kid and they didn't know how to handle me. I, and I had an officer one time lock me up and yell at me because I had said some truthful but hurtful and disrespectful things to one of the officers. And that he locked me up. And right after that, I then had the entire base and all the military police watching me. And every single move I, I did was always watched So instead of mentoring, like I look back on my younger self and I'm like, wow, like I would have seen this like troubled kid, outspoken, troubled, but would have tried to help. But instead I would be pushed in the corner and be told to need to behave yourself or you're going to lose your, or you're going to be kicked out of the military. You're going to lose your job. And now everybody on the base is watching you. And so that really put me in a dark place where my mentors were books. Even then I didn't realize how much knowledge were in books. And if like my younger self, I would have said, dive into more books or reach into, reach into your network and find somebody that's successful that you want to talk to. But I didn't have those people. I didn't grow up that way. And I, I really just had me and I, I became minus the couple of friends I had, I was a loner. I was very, I just did everything on my own because I knew if I did stuff on my own, I couldn't get in trouble kind of was my mentality. And so I just stayed off to my own, but I excelled in the military very quickly. I gained most of my rank within my first like four to five years. I went to some of the most difficult schools that you can go to as a woman. And then even being part of that program, that was before women could even be selected into the infantry roles before Congress had allowed women into infantry roles. And so groups of us were just breaking barriers, but I was always all about breaking barriers. And I think my drive was me, was telling myself and proving to myself that I was good enough to love, that I was good enough to be accepted because I didn't accept myself. So I kept pushing myself and I'm like, if I get this, if I accomplish this, then I'm good enough. Maybe my family will love me. Or maybe, or maybe I'll be loved by my significant other. Or maybe I'll just love myself. That was the deciding thing was, oh my God, I just need to love myself. Screw what everybody else thinks. And I still drive and I push really, really hard, but I have a lot more grace and a lot more kindness for myself when I'm tired. Instead mm-hmm. of working 90 to 100 hours a week, you know, I'm like, calm down. It's okay. You have, you have time. It'll be okay. Yeah. Such a rock star with everything that you went through and then to be able to recognize your traumas. Cause that's another thing, right? Like we could be yeah. walking around in these patterns. The hardest part is a, to become aware of them and B to break them. So I know that you mentioned that the Reiki was a big part in this transformation and this shift for you. Walk me through what it took to gain that awareness in different maybe techniques or something that you tried 
And then how did you actually break those patterns? Those are the two hardest things to do. And we all carry traumas in many different ways. And it's like, but like you said, and I'll never forget this quote when you were mentioning this earlier, like I didn't realize that because I was so broken inside, you were attracting broken people. Anybody who's listening right now, if you're not recognizing your traumas and what's going on inside of you, you will continue to attract that into your life subconsciously. And that's the scary part. You're not going to know. You're not going to know until you be, you make the effort to become aware and be like, oh, crap. Just like you did, Jax, where you were like, darn, I was angry. I was dark, right? Yeah, it was a dark time. And with Reiki, I encourage any of the listeners to, it, and it doesn't, if they're afraid of doing spiritual work, I would just encourage just getting online and just researching and understanding mindset awareness that's a key and when you start understanding your mindset which that was what reiki was teaching me is how do you feel when this situation takes place or this argument takes place you're having this this call with one at that time one of my toxic friends how does that make you feel and when i started it was a process so when i started taking stock more of my unconscious thoughts and started becoming more conscious certain things started changing. I started losing friends. That was a big shift. I also started realizing, and because I'm an analyst, I started analyzing my life more and going, okay, all of these things are out of whack. Or, you know, for example, the guys that I were dating were not very, very good men, even at that time. I still hadn't learned that I was projecting that out and getting that back. That was probably my number one thing was, why do I keep attracting these like toxic men. I, and then I just, it's a hard truth, but that's where I sat and I went and I called a girlfriend a dear friend still today. And I went, I'm realizing I'm the deciding factor. Like I am the, I'm the constant in all of these. I mean, I know I'm a good person, but there's something that I'm doing that is projecting out. That is, that is bringing that back. I didn't have that answer. I will tell you, I probably didn't have that answer for another year, year and a half. Because there's so many layers that I had to work through from military trauma, childhood trauma, relationship trauma, that I had been in this mindset of trauma for so long that I had all I knew, what I knew as love was trauma. When people were mistreating me, that was love. Mm -hmm. And when I look back on myself, even just a couple of years ago, I am like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was spoke to like that. But I didn't know any different. That's why women that are in abusive relationships stay in abusive relationships because they don't think they deserve better. And I know that sounds crazy, but that is the truth. I didn't realize that I deserved people like you in my life, like caring, loving, genuine, supportive people that will love me for my authentic self. Like that is a wild concept, but that's where I live right now. But it was going through and taking, taking awareness of every conversation If I got off a call, a business call or anything, family call, whatever it was, and I sat there and I would think, how did that call make me feel? And if it didn't make me feel good, I would call one of my, call my energy friends. I would call one of my energy friends and be like, this didn't make me feel good. And then they would walk me through the process of like, where in your childhood did you ever feel that way before? Why do you feel that way? And now that process has gotten easier for me. So when I, and I call them triggers, when I have these like triggers or my intuition or my ego, like, Hey, this doesn't feel right. It's kind of what you said, instead of repeating that lesson over and over again, now have it bringing in the toxic guys again, or having the business partner talk down to me, whatever the situation is, 
I changed that dialogue and realized that lesson is coming to me as a blessing for me to be able to heal around that now and fix my energy around that. So I don't, the universe doesn't have to give me that lesson again, because that's what it is. We're going to repeat lessons in our life over and over again until we learn that lesson and we do a cancel and delete. And so I just cancel and delete. And sometimes I might not get that cancel and delete perfect. And that, that thing might come back, but it won't come back a hundred percent. Like I might not get that crazy narcissistic guy, but I might attract like an alcoholic that means well, but he's an alcoholic. And that those are, those are actually things that I've seen is I'll heal around it. That lesson will come to me, just not as big and prevalent. And I, and I might not see it right away, but I take I, oh, stock of my feelings. That is the biggest thing is how does that make you feel? Being in the military, we don't. And in my family, you don't deal with feelings. And so that was a really hard thing for me is to be okay with embracing my feelings and feelings aren't a bad thing. Like embrace those. It's such a process and it's so different for everyone because every trauma is different. And then, you know, for anyone who believes in this, there's past life trauma, which are the lives yeah. that you lived before that you don't even know about <laughs> that are affecting you here now. And you come but, in with a template from your past life trauma. Yeah. It's, it's it, wild stuff. Yeah. It, wild stuff and that awareness but once you get that awareness then you then the next level is like breaking through them and then it's just like you said these lessons that you're constantly because you're going to get hit with the same lessons over and over and over and over until you've mastered that lesson and then you move on and you continue to elevate and elevate and elevate I find your story so remarkable because like you've just been constantly like rebuilding so for people who are going through something dark or whatever it is that they're going through at their point in time right now, where they feel like they have to rebuild, because especially with COVID, like COVID has shaken up the world, I think in a lot of positive, but then there's also a lot of negative as well. And it's like a lot of people right now are needing to rebuild. What would be your top tips in like shifting that? Like how maybe shifting your energy, like any, any recommendations that you have, like, okay, you're at rock bottom. What now? That is definitely a very good question because it's shifted. So I will say the best tip from my last rock bottom in 2018 is admitting that it sucks. It's okay to be like this, where I'm at right now sucks. And then in some way, figure out how is that a blessing for you? And I would suggest maybe it's a blessing that you have an opportunity to restart and therefore you have a blank canvas. And so you get a recreate your story the way that you want it to be told. It's a tough time and it's okay to be down on yourselves. Give yourself grace, accept yourself for where you're at, and then set a goal. Create, I have a 47 inch like whiteboard. I don't have a TV. I have a whiteboard in my house. So create a goal, like sit down, accept where you're at. Be like, okay, this sucks where I'm at. Okay. But I'm not going to I'm not going to be here forever. Where do I want to go? What are the goals that I need to do to get there? And then the other thing is, if it's not a book, find a mentor. If your mentor is a book, educate yourself. That's another key. So goal setting, educate yourself, and then accept and be, and just have grace for yourself for where you're at and where you're going. I love it. I love it. And you mentioned like 2018 was your most recent one. And now you're in this beautiful space. So walk me through all the awesomeness that what you're, what are you up to like these days, Jack? That's my last starting over. I think the universe gave me the lessons to start over because they're like, she's going to get it this time. Oh, she's going to totally get it this time. And then in 2008, they were probably all looking around. They're like, okay, we're gonna have to shake this one up. She's not getting it, but I figured it out. Thank you. 
I'm good. I'm good. No more lessons. No more big lessons. Everything is up and up. It's so awesome. We launched a podcast called Hackers and Hexens, which is a cybersecurity podcast, an inclusive platform where we're able to share stories about people in the industry or coming into the industry. I'm currently co-authoring a cybersecurity book that'll publish in the fall. I'm actually looking at co-authoring. I just had a call the other day to co-author another book here in the very near future. A lot of opportunities on the table to relaunch my security firm into a consulting company. Nothing immediately, but that's definitely, I've been having that kind of get moved around. I've actually taken things off my plate because I have taken on so many blessings that it was like, I need to take a few things off so I can just super hyper-focus. And my focus right now is on the things that I mentioned and then really branding myself. I want to do a TED Talk more than anything and because I want to eventually get to a place where I can speak and motivate and encourage other people to work on their mindset in, the, in their spiritual development to help them get from where they are to where they're going. So those are, those are my big goals. I have, a, I have a whiteboard with other tangible goals in front of me and I'm just, I'm just blessed and thankful. I'm thankful I'm awake now and I, I can see and I can make these changes because it's up and up from here on, definitely. I love that, Jax. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to ask you again, because you're just so dynamic and there's probably many levels to this, but what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now in your life experiences? Good Lord. I would just shake my younger, younger self and be like, wake up. I would, I, yeah, just wake up. But honestly, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to finally figure it. You'll figure it out. I would, that's, that would be it. Keep doing what you're doing because I wouldn't, my journey has been really hard and I wouldn't want it on anybody, but it's made me extremely strong and extremely resilient and very thankful and very humble. So I would just say, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to figure it out eventually. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You're such a rock star. You're such a rock star, Jackson. I mean, and then because you've also been a startup entrepreneur as well too, like what would you be your piece of advice to the entrepreneurs out there who are like, could just be starting? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. It's going to be so exciting. It's going to be so hard, but it's going to be so rewarding. And if you can take any piece of advice, again, educate, educate, educate. I wish I had educated myself more the first time I had launched my company and then get some mentors, circle of friends, whoever that is, make sure that you have a good network, but educate yourself. When you think that you know everything, yeah, you're in the wrong space. You're never going to know enough. Yeah. All right. Amen, Jax. Amen. This has been amazing, Pamela. I You're love it. You're so amazing. You're so amazing. Now, like, you got to let everyone know where to find you and your awesomeness. The easiest way to find me is just a, a, just find me on LinkedIn, J-A-X Scott. I have a blog. It's called Beans and Bites, like coffee beans and tech bites, B-Y-T-E-S.com. That's the easiest. I'm always on LinkedIn. I don't do any other social media because that's just not me, but that's it. And yeah, Jack Scott. I love it. Or you can find me on Pamela's show, Underdog, when the podcast comes out right here. Heck yes, <laughs> heck yes. Jax, thank you so much for being here today. You are such a rock star. I adore you. And I can't wait to see how you blow up from here. Seriously, you're going to crush it. I'm so, so proud of you, girl. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. 
One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode.